Welcome to Mouthing Off with Olivia. Hey guys, it's Olivia Caridi from The Bachelor, the girl with probably the biggest mouth you've ever seen. But now I'm using my huge mouth to talk really smart things with my favorite reality stars, influencers, YouTubers, you name it. They're going to mouth off too. Bam. This is Mouthing Off with Olivia. All right, everyone. I have who I know as Bugs. Bugsy Drake is here from Below Deck Med. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. This is so cool. I, I was just saying I was watching the show all day long. So I will probably remind you of things that happen, especially season two. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'll remind you. We got this. Okay. I got to know first your history before the show, right? So how you got into yachting, what that was like. Okay, so really funny story. I kind of just like landed in yachting. It wasn't anything I was getting involved in whatsoever. I was actually studying um, in South Africa, in Cape Town. And my roommate at the time, she like graduated the year before and she kind of joined the world of yachting. And she said to me, you have to do this. I'm on a boat with Kate Hudson right now. Like. It was like, this is insane. Like, it's just another world. And I was like, I was so drawn to like the glamour of it. But she was like, but on the other hand, like I'm making her bed. There is no glamour. <laughs> it's like, so glamour. So you're like rubbing shoulders, you're in the same area. But I was like, oh, I don't know if, I mean, that's all sounds like really fun, but do I really want to be cleaning bathrooms right. and making beds and ironing? That's not really my thing. Um, but she was like, I don't know, give it a go for a couple of months, make some good money, like to travel. And I just finished studying. So I was like at that really like awkward phase of like, what am I doing with my life? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to make the decision and do it. And I landed on like a really good yacht. It was an 80 meter. I don't know what that is. In- oh yeah, I'm not good at that. It must be like 200 and something feet, but it's like, it's a big boat. Sounds so huge to me. <laughs> it's a big boat. <laughs> one crew and yeah just had like so much fun and got stuck basically at that point you were a third stew I was a sixth stew I was like the bottom of six stews the bottom of the bottom of the bottom look where you are now exactly (laughs) so was there ever you said you were studying and soon after did this so there was never another career like you fell in love and this was it I mean, I was in, I was in the film side of things. Like I was studying film and I was at a film school. So this was completely on opposite ends of the spectrum, um, which was kind of funny. And I'm sure we'll get into that, but just like how the film world and yachting then like tied in. How did you get cast for this freaking show? Oh, that in itself, again, it's like something crazy. I need like, to know. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, people, when I first started doing it, the show... You know, I, I was in the spin-off show, which is Below Deck Mediterranean. So it wasn't the original OG Below Deck. Right. Um, and I was actually studying in Los Angeles at the time. I was just doing a short course and uh, yeah, there. And um, I'd had like a few friends like text me and say, oh, there's the show Below Deck. Like, I'm sure you've watched an episode or two. They're casting for the new season. You should do it. And I was like, uh, it's kind of, it's so funny because in the actual yachting industry, it's always been known as a career killer. Ah. But I think people have kind of like now accepted the fact that it really represents the the world of yachting. So like true, true to what it is. That's good to know. 
you know, and there's a lot of us like people who have been in it for a long time that are professionals that have now been on the show. Like I, I had Wes on, on season two with me and he knew. Yeah. So there's, there's a good amount of people who've been doing it a fair amount of time within the industry. So, um, yeah. And then I, I kind of sent in a short video of who I was and I got, I got the call pretty, it was honestly within the hour. They were like, who is this girl? We need her. Oh, we need to talk to her and see what her story is. And you sold it. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I guess I did. Oh my gosh. I have to know what was your first impression of Captain Sandy? I didn't think Captain Sandy liked me at all. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I was terrified of her. I literally walked up to her. I was pretty, I'm, I'm a pretty like outgoing, confident yeah. person. I walked up to her, introduced myself. And she was kind of a bit standoffish when I first met her. Um, I don't think you actually get to see that on season two, or maybe you do. But I didn't really click with her instantly. I was like, oh my gosh, am I in for a hard time with this woman? Is she <laughs> one of these women that are going to be like, you know, just at me all the time. Um, so I was terrified of her when I when I first met her, but my, my opinion very quickly changed. How did she compare to previous captains of yours? I mean, I, it was the first time I'd ever worked for a woman. So that was, yeah, that was so awesome. And like, I think when I first met her, I was so excited about that fact because not only the fact is she a woman, but like, I've never come across a, a female captain which was really cool. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to see, you know, like what she, what she brings to the table and like what, what captain she is. So that was super exciting. Had you watched season one? Uh, I'd, I'd watched Below Deck, the original one with Kate and, and Lee on it. Um, I'd actually done that on a crossing, an Atlantic crossing from Europe to the States and I binge watched it. Yep. Um, and I was pretty addicted to it very quickly. Um, so the, the Mediterranean one, I think I'd only seen, like, I'd watched one or two episodes before I came on the show. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, what is this about? Like, you know, what's the Mediterranean one like? And I kind of want, just want to get a feel, but I only watched about one or two episodes. What was your first reaction to the cameras and just like the whole shindig or did you adjust pretty quickly? I was definitely self-conscious like in the beginning I was like oh my gosh I don't want to say the wrong thing like I don't want to do the wrong thing and I think that's also been a huge like growth in me from doing season two as mm -hmm. opposed to season five because season two I was completely reserved yep. um, because I was scared to do the wrong thing and like what people are going to think of me or you know and um, I was definitely self-conscious but going like further on into the season of season two I, I became a lot more comfortable with it and I was just like, oh, it is what it is. You were able to just call people out and <laughs> probably your most famous line is you were a lousy chief stew. <laughs> oh, you should make t-shirts of that. Did you ever? No, I wish I did. But I, you know what, watching that back, I actually cringe because I was, the headspace that I was in when I was actually going to confront Hannah, like at that point in time to when you know, the cameras like came and got situated around us. It, it's, it's very, I lost my nerve. Um, I'm very, I'm actually a very confrontational person, but when you've all of a sudden got people coming around you and now you feel the pressure of like, oh my gosh, now I'm going to confront her. And like, what am I going to say? Is she going to hit me? Like, I, I don't know. What <laughs> kept her sunglasses on the whole time. So I was like, when you can't see somebody in the eye, it's like, what is she going to do? <laughs> well, to get to that point, right, at the end of the season, let's talk about where it first kind of went south 
it, it seems like Adam kind of had a lot to do with it because it was like Adam wasn't happy with Hannah and he kept suggesting kind of backward like oh well it should be bugs then and then yeah. Hannah got mad because you weren't being like no right. uh, was that kind of the the first time it, it went south or did we miss anything or I mean when when I first joined the show I, Hannah sat and had a meeting with myself and and Lauren at the time and she kind of had our, C our CVs with her, like looking over our resume. And I think she saw I'd had like chief stew experience because that's kind of what I'd done. And I'd taken on this position. I thought it'd be fun. Um, and so I think in the back of her mind, that was always just like kind of a thing, like why is she here if she's been chief stew? And I was there more for the experience and the fun of it. Of course. And a TV show when you're on a yacht is kind of a once in a lifetime thing. Right. But I, I, like I took it with grace. I was like, I'm going to just do this and kind of take a step back. And so I think in the, in the beginning, that was already in her mind. Like, what is she doing here? If, she, if that's her, her role already. And is she coming to try and like, you know, threaten me or. So I think that the seed was planted. But then the comments that came from Adam. Did not help. <laughs> at all. I don't want to touch too much on season two because it was so long ago, but the, one of the big things that, because Hannah was actually one of the first guests on my podcast, and we talked about the Jason situation, the right. uh, the charter guest that she kissed and the text messages showed up, which you claim were on a public device iPad. of some iPad. So, so talk about finding those. In hindsight, do you think maybe I should have just gone to Captain Sandy before I went to, I think you went to Bobby. Right. Handling that whole thing in hindsight. Did you do it right? In hindsight, I probably didn't do it right. But like at the same time, it's like one of these things, we get ourselves into these situations on boats all the time, you know, like we're on a boat with like a small crew and like gossip spreads like wildfire because we're like a little family. So um, I think, it was very authentic to be, you know, Bobby was someone I was like kind of good friends, but I didn't realize he was such a like loud mouth and, you know, like gossip queen of the boat. Oh, like, such a, such a freaking queen. I tell you <laughs> drama, <laughs> but like he, um, he was obviously someone that was authentic to me to like confide in like a friend on the boat and be like, Oh my gosh, check this out. Like what is going on here? Like what the hell? And what was supposed to be more of an innocent thing? Like the whole thing, it turned really messy really quickly because our whole thing was to be like, oh, let's play a prank on, on Hannah and type back as Jason and be like, oh, surprise, haha, you logged in. It, was, it wasn't a malicious sort of thing, but obviously it comes across as being very malicious because it, there was a lot that was tied into it and also the fact that it kind of, the plan didn't really go to plan. It just became <laughs> very messy very quickly with Bobby, myself, Max all involved. And it seemed more like of a like gang up on Hannah, which was never the intention whatsoever. Two of my not most memorable, but the things I noted, of course, were the Dubrovnik wedgie. That was huge. I mean, I'm I'm assuming crew drama never really goes that far. I mean, it's never really gone that far on any of the boats I've been on. It goes <laughs> far, but like not with crew members within the Punching same boat. each other. <laughs> Maybe leading to the you've been a lousy chief stew right. there was a funny moment I, I i forgot about but caught up on where you and lauren basically had been kind of venting to each other all the time about hannah and feeling like you were working harder and then when it came down to you and what you thought was lauren approaching hannah lauren was kind of just like oh 
Well, absolute flake. <laughs> did that frustrate the crap out of you? Because it did me. It frustrated the absolute crap out of me. I was <laughs> Lauren, like grow a backbone. This is absolutely insane. You've literally been bitching about like her like work ethic the entire time on camera. On camera. Like, do you not think that like this is something that you need to own? You know what I mean? Like she was just like all of a sudden I was actually my jaw dropped to the ground at that point. <laughs> I can't, I can't even deal she with She was this. like, well, Hannah's really the only person I'm going to be friends with after this, so I have nothing to say. I'm like, well, Hannah's going to love watching you saying all those things and then not owning up to any of it. No, exactly. I mean, if she just come out and said, yeah, I said those things, like, you know, my bad. I would have had a lot more respect for her, but she kind of just pushed it all under the, under the rug, swept it under the rug and didn't think that it was going to air however many months later and have everyone watch, so... Okay, so I've done a show. It's obviously, as someone who's, it's your first season or your only season, coming out of it to America and it's public opinion and all the Twitters, it's probably very difficult. Like, did America react the way you were hoping it would? I mean, I've got to say there was like, I think it was kind of like a fair, I, I dealt with like my fair share of a lot of hate, obviously. Like I... I realized that, you know, especially in America, um, I'm obviously a South African culture, but especially in America, like a snitch is never a good thing. And I mean, that just goes for life in general. So <laughs> when we come across like with the iPad and all of that, that didn't look too well on me. Um, and so I, I dealt with my fair share of hate. But then on the opposite end of the scale, I also received like a lot of support and in, in people um, kind of being empathetic toward, like towards me in terms of my frustrations with, with Hannah and the way certain things were dealt with. I mean, with. you could see it. It's not like it just made it, you seem like it was coming out of nowhere. Right, right. So, I mean, I, I dealt with a lot and I think that season probably um, kind of molded me and shaped me and gave me that, um, that backbone for the public eye because it, yeah, I, I went through like a pretty dark phase, I would say. Um, with, I feel with like some... everyone I talk to does. Right. That's like my consensus of this podcast is the dark phase. After. <laughs> and, it's very, and it can get really dark. <laughs> it is like freaking dark. Okay. Well, I did talk about this with Casey a little bit, how the show is interesting because there's never like the same cast every season. So you're not, you don't come back for season three. Was that just a, they didn't call you thing or you didn't want to go back or what? I mean, at that point, I think also, um, you know, I look at it more of the structure of the show, you know, Hannah, obviously the chief stew, like I'm not, I, I said like in the beginning, I would never, I would never come back unless I was coming back unless it was for Sandy, which was in the case of this season. But um, there just wasn't, there just wasn't the place for me because, you know, and whether they wanted me back or not, there just wasn't like, I wasn't going to accept to go back as a second stew and, you know, whether they wanted me back as a chief stew while Hannah was still on. So, but then season five comes around and you get a call, but I right. do before that, I want to know, had you watched season three and four, were you up on the drama and who liked who and who didn't like who? I mean, I was, I didn't keep up with it as much as I, I probably should have. I think it's one of these things that, um, you know, obviously I'm working and I'm busy and all that, but 
when you're when you're actually in the show, you you invested in it a lot more, and you invested in it because you're watching your episodes and whatnot. But by season three and four, I just kind of you know I check in every now and again, and I I would see it on social, and if there's something interesting, I'd be like, oh, I've got to watch that and see. But um. Yeah, season three and four, I wouldn't say that I was like an avid watcher. What were you up to between that time? Were you still yachting? I was still yachting. And then um, I actually moved a little bit more land-based. And I, w- I worked for like a short stint a couple of months on a, a private island, which I, I was doing all the events and whatnot. So that was awesome. Which is perfect for you. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. So when you say like, I would only go back for seconds do for Sandy? Is it just because you think her leadership is like so freaking cool? She's the coolest ever. I mean, like Sandy and I developed such a, you don't really see it if you watch season two because we didn't have too much interaction, but we developed such a strong friendship after that season. We just like, you know, you leave a show and there's certain people you stay in touch with and whatnot. And Sandy and I actually became very close just because we're both in Florida and we, we spend a lot of time together. So we've always kind of kept in touch here and there. And I think she's an outstanding leader. I love working with her because she's fun. She, um, she's pretty crazy, but she's also got a very strong, um, you know, like sense of, of leading a team. She knows what's going on, but I think she's also like fun and she gets it. She just gets it. Where were you when you got the call saying we need you to come episode four, help us out? I was actually sitting on my couch at home in South Africa having a cup of tea. <laughs> and you're like, ring, ring, what? You need me to pack my bags now? It was it was exactly like that. Like, can we get you out here tomorrow? And I was like, what? Like, I've just come home to see my family on holiday tomorrow. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, Madeline Parker, one of her questions was, how much notice was she given? It was a true day. Like, I was like, um, okay, well, I, I don't even have, like, time to have, uh, you know, my, my hair done or a manicure, I anything. I cry. I was, like, full on, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to show back up to this boat, like, not having. So my mom, like, even booked me in for, like, a, an emergency manicure. <laughs> She's like, she needs a manicure. She's flying out to Spain tomorrow. And the lady's like, oh, my gosh, okay. Oh. It was, like, crazy. Well, at least, at least you're wearing uniform. So it's not like you also had to frantically pack you know, cute clothes for, I mean, besides going out and stuff like that. People understand that though, like how, like just how quickly something like that can happen. It was like, you know, we were even trying to, we we're trying to get all the like, cause working on a boat, you've got to have like a contract and all that and doing totally. sure. Like we're trying to get like everything in place. Like I'm in mid air, like communicating with people, like landing in an airport because from South Africa to Spain is quite a fair distance. Everywhere to South Africa is it's my favorite place, but boy, is that 16 hour flight. Woof. Okay. So you get on the boat, you become, or the yacht, you become second stew and immediately you're kind of like, I'm not loving the way that this interior is running. How would you have run it if roles were reversed and Hannah was your second stew? Would you have run it the same way you did when Hannah was gone? Yeah, probably. I mean, I just have a very, um, I just like stay true to myself in the way that I like run my team, you know, I like, I, I didn't have much faith in Jess, like, I'm not gonna lie. Um, Did anyone? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I've even said it like to Jess before, like, I was like, I, I was not sure about her just in terms of the work sense. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, if, if it was my choice, like, would I have kept her on for that long? Probably not, but I'm glad she got the chance to kind of 
prove herself in some, some sort of a way. I just wonder if it would have been different if you would have had to lead differently because you're tiptoeing to not. 100%. Like I can empathize with her, like in terms of me coming back, being like, oh my gosh, what is this going to bring? Um, so like I could empathize with that. That's why I think like I, I kind of approached it in a different way. Like I, I'm sure you might've seen, but when I first arrived, she like put her hand out to shake my hand. And I was like, I'm going to give me a hug. Like we're, we're past Hello. that. <laughs> so awkward and it's so funny because we you know it starts with you and then there was so much like turnover this season like the Pete thing happened which obviously wasn't like officially announced but Pete was on the show early on and you had actually gone to Sandy and said he makes me kind of uncomfortable if I remember correctly and then he posts a racist meme gets kicked off I do have to wonder because you would fi- you would finished filming with him. Like, would he have been a big storyline, do you think? Or I definitely think. I think it, I think what would have been interesting to have Pete in is to have seen his character development throughout the season. Like, you know, you get to see all different sides to Pete. He's a very um, complex character. Um, I think he's he's a, had a lot going on in his life previously, and he's he's got many different sides to him. Like, I think you might've seen, I think he spoke about it being party Pete and professional Pete. And we got every kind of Pete. So um, I think his character development throughout the season would have been very interesting for viewers just to see like his roller coaster of how he kind of like took the feedback from Sandy and then went into professional Pete, but then started to like come out again, not into being um, the horrendous Pete, but like into being, I think he grew. Well, that's and good. I, I think it's a little bit just dis- like it's it's unfortunate what he did. Like I did not agree with that at all, and I do not stand by that. But it's just unfortunate that he did that, and we weren't able to see that because he was a big part of the storyline in some in some respect. It's just so impressive that a show can somehow like take someone out. Oh my gosh! Like these, these he disappeared. Edits, like it's insane. It's like, it blows my mind. I'm like, where's Pete? There, like, there huh? must have been his body somewhere in like the party scene. For sure. There had to have been. I need to go back and watch again just to find Pete somewhere in there. <laughs> There's a drinking game now. Like every time you spot Pete, have a drink. And it's like, <laughs> just like I sit there at night and I'm like, where's Pete? Like I'm like, for the guy. It's so, and it's, it's so funny because, you know, I was watching all day and of course they never announce a departure at least it's just like he disappears so he's there and then I get to like episode 12 and I'm like wait where did where did Pete go but I also like don't really (laughs) it's just so weird I I don't I'm always so impressed how they do that it's insane and I think also like it's crazy because I get asked that question like on my Instagram or like on quite a lot because not everybody like outside of the show follows like the media of like the Bravo media. So a lot of people are just kind of like, wait, what happened to him? Like, what did, did he do something? Did he fall but, off? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like, where did he go? <laughs> so like, but for the rest of the world, we all like, oh, well, we know exactly what happened. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you don't like go on Google and study below deck, then you might've missed that whole, you did miss that whole thing. Exactly. Before I want to uh, get to all of the changing of the the guard. The, the guard, yes, we we learn about your table setting, love. Would you ever make a career of that? 
I'm actually, I'm actually wanting to kind of branch out of yachting into doing that. That's like I now think my. You would be perfect. Thank you. No, I'm like, I, I have such a passion, and I, I always laugh with people because I'm like, it is the weirdest thing to like love scaping a table. It's like a strange sort of hobby or like passion to have. Um, and I don't kind of know how I fell into like loving it. Um, it's weird, but it's it's one of these things that I literally think about on the daily. I'm actually I'm actually working on a um, like a coffee table book at the moment. So love. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot a lot of work. So oh, I forgot to ask this before. Uh, you did you know Hannah was Chief Stew like going into this? Were you nervous at all? Because it definitely had it as like, oh my God, Bugs and Hannah, end of the world. Right. Did you know? Like, were you like, ooh, or? I mean, when I first got the call, I was like, I just kind of they said, oh, we need a steward to like come in and fill in and whatever. And I thought like, oh, they must maybe maybe Hannah's like left left the boat or she's walked off something's happened I thought like well, otherwise why would they kind of be calling me because right. it was never the instance I was going to go back as a second student especially under Hannah so I was like okay and I kind of agreed to everything and my last question which should have been my quest my first was like but is Hannah still there and <laughs> like is it like like a million dollar question right and they were like um yeah she's still here but like would you and I kind of I, I played with the idea I like spoke to my parents like I spoke to a few people I was like should I shouldn't I I'm not like sure and I just kind of was like you know what it's been like three years however many seasons between us maybe I can just like go on have fun with it and you know it'd be nice to like maybe have a fresh start with her can we also talk about how precious Kiko is oh Kiko <laughs> love Kiko like I hope you're still friends with him like I really like Kiko's lovely I mean I'm not like close friends with him but like social media wise like we still like will chat and like we still on each other's Instagram and Kiko is a lovely lovely person um I didn't I didn't have the opportunity to spend as much time with him as like what Hannah and Jess and the rest of the crew did because I kind of came in and it felt like two charters went by so quickly and the third charter it was like Kiko's exit so um like I didn't spend as much time with him as I'd like to have. And um, yeah, I don't think also on the show, you see very much of mine and Kiko's relationship. You know, people always like, why didn't you help Kiko? Like whatever. I was there. Yeah, I was, I was there. And I was <laughs> of the guy because I really wanted to see him succeed. And, um, but you know, like it, it is what it is. And I think he's got such a good attitude. He handled it so well, but I, I have to wonder had Hannah gone to Sandy and said, I told him to do that. Right. Could, I mean, I just feel like Sandy could have changed her mind. I like, I also think so. That was one of the biggest things for me to watch back because as much as people think you're all a part of it and whatnot, there's certain things that I didn't even know had happened. Right. Like I, I didn't know the conversation between Kiko and Hannah. So watching back, I was like, geez, like Hannah, you could have just gone to Sandy and been like, totally. look, my fault like I'm sorry I did like guide him at the end of the day it is the chef's like kind of it's his of day but like I definitely if it had been me I would have probably gone okay I'm gonna take this on the chin I I was the one that advised you so I'm, I'm sad he didn't because I think they might have maybe I don't know but it just seemed like he was so well liked other than that he was doing a good job if they both could have gone to Sandy and been like hey obviously I'm the chef I should know better but also you know Hannah 
has admitted she feels really bad. So like. For sure. I mean, like, yeah, I think it's also one of those things that like in retrospect, like she probably looked back on it and was like, uh, probably could have done that differently. Yeah. Before we get to Hannah being fired, I just have to, when did you start embracing the flirtation with Alex? <laughs> so Alex and I have like a weird kind of history and um, we never met before at all um, but we have a mutual friend who was like oh my friend's like going to be on the show and whatnot and I was like that's fantastic um, and I'd heard quite a lot about him and he was like a fun guy and all of that so I think from the beginning we kind of had you know when you've got a mutual friend it's kind of like banter and you know like something um, so I think that was kind of in the beginning, it was more like friendly. And, you know, I, I think probably I'm a very friendly person, maybe a natural flirt. Uh, like I like to just have fun. You, I think you said that to Pete. You were like, I'm just friendly. I'm not flirting. Right, exactly. It like comes across, it can come across as that. But the more kind of like the banter between Alex and I like continued, the more we were both like, oh, this could be kind of fun. Like, let's see where it goes. It was definitely like friend zone nation for a while until we'll get there. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Elizabeth Gearhart said, how did she feel about Hannah being fired? And did she feel that the situation was handled appropriately? So I was pretty surprised about the whole sort of thing. And like, you know, um, I know Sandy and Malia caught a lot of slack about like maritime law. Like at the end of the day, it is the law. So that for me on one hand was like, okay, well, Hannah, you were in the wrong. So unfortunately, that's just, it is what it is. Um, but watching it back, I think, you know, I think Sandy can say the same thing just like with regards to how like Hannah walked off the boat and she followed her off the boat. And it just was, it was a little bit messy. Um, you know, just watching it. I wasn't there like in the, the particular situation, right. but yeah, I think it, it was sad to see her go. You know, I think she, she brought a lot to the show. She was on it for so many years and I've said it before, like I can empathize with the viewers and her fans, like having her like leave the show. I can completely empathize with that. So yeah, it was definitely, definitely a sad thing, but. I think the decision was correct, but it just sucks that she, you could definitely tell she was checking out. Like after that long, she's like, I'm tired. But to go out in that way, instead of like making an announcement on your own, that sucks. Yeah, for sure. And I I, I kind of, you know, if, if somebody was to ask me, how would you see Hannah's like exit from the show? It probably wouldn't have been in that way. <laughs> Valium and CBD, shit. Right, shit. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So let's, Jess had said that your structure worked, you know, so much better with everyone than Hannah's. So how, how do you, I'm just curious as a chief stew, like what is your structure like? I mean, like, I'm a very hands-on person, sometimes a little too hands-on. I'm like, <laughs> um, I'm pretty like OCD with stuff. So, you know, I, I've kind of just throughout the industry learned from certain people who, who've worked under me, who just kind of like, if I, if I rely on them and trust them to do something and they can't get it done, I'm just like, okay, I'll just do it myself. So I'm very hands-on and I like to give clear direction um, if somebody can follow that direction and follow through with it, I'm good. And I can completely like remove myself. Um, but yeah, I like to be, I like to be involved. I like to do a lot of the things on the boat because I think that's what makes the job fun. 
And I'm very like supportive of people moving up in their career. So I, I like to see people shine. And if I can give them the opportunity to, or um, give them the knowledge to improve, then I, I want to do that. Yeah, Jess said you did that, which was cool. Right, yeah. You're doing so much. Like you have to have your brain in 87 places at one time, I'm assuming. Like what all are you thinking about at one moment? Literally everything. Like, you know, like my, my, my mind does not stop. And when I'm actually on a charter or on a trip, I'm a very, um, I don't sleep a lot. I'm a very light sleeper just because there's so much pressure of working on a yacht where you have to be around 24 seven and whether you're not on shift or whatnot, if you are like the head of your department, you're ultimately responsible. So, um, my mind's just racing 24 seven, like on a boat and it kind of just like kicks into like autopilot, you know? Yeah. It's kind of a weird thing to explain because yeah. probably it's just amazing. It's like, it just seems like you're, you're, you're telling one person to do something and you're thinking about something else and doing, I just don't know how you even keep everything. Right. Like compartmentalized. Yeah, yeah. It's just wild. Oh my word. And flirting with Alex. Like that's a lot. <laughs> do you regret keeping him? So you guys finally, you say hooked up, which is funny. Cause I would say the same thing, but you just made out in Ibiza. Do you regret waiting that long? Do you, in hindsight, you wish you had someone just to maybe make out with occasionally? I mean, yeah, I think, I think I've answered that. I get asked this question a lot. Like, do you regret that? Like not doing it earlier on? And in a way, yeah, um, I do. I think like, uh, it could have been a lot more fun and there wouldn't have been this like awkward tension between us. (laughs) Because we had, we have such a fun relationship, even to this day. Like it's just an easy kind of free going, whatever goes, goes. And um, yeah, I just think maybe if we just kind of gone and head first from the beginning, it would have been a lot more like fluid, you know? <laughs> the, um, but then you wouldn't have the clips of him drunk trying to like talk about feelings with you, which was just hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh, hilarious. Watching the I'm like, because I was blackout half the time. Oh yeah, totally. I didn't even like remember half of that. I was like, oh my gosh, he said that. That was sweet. Like, oh my gosh. Like Speaking of blackout. Uh-huh. What is a hangover like on a yacht? Oh, uh, like being on below deck is probably served for my like most insane hangovers. Um, because realistically, like when I'm working, I try not to drink a lot while we're like in between charters because I've really got so much going on. Yeah. But when, when you're with such a fun crew and you're going out to all these cool places and it just is kind of like the atmosphere and the environment. Um, yeah, the hangovers are brutal. Like... And then to like, like keep face and do your job in front of a camera the next day. It's just like, I have no clue. Cause usually you guys, it's like you start a charter the next freaking day after a big night out. Right. It's, it's brutal. And you're dealing with, you know, well, you guys don't get seasick, but like I would get so seasickness plus hangover. The worst. That's the only time I get seasick is if I'm hungover and we moving, I'm like, I feel no, it's not going down. Nope. Tori McKenzie, great question. Was Tom as much of a dickhead as he seemed on TV? And did it start at Cucumber Gate or was he sassy before that? 
I mean, Tom's a typical chef, so he's definitely sassy. Like, there's no chef in the industry you wouldn't meet that is not as like an absolute queen. I mean, Adam too. Yeah, comparison. Completely. Like, I think I think Tom, in terms of chefs that I've worked with, and like you know, on yachts, he's almost like an angel. Things <laughs> <laughs> okay. of that. Good to know. That's how extreme it gets because. Um, like you think Tom was bad, like you must see some of these chefs. They are just like insane. Better or worse off camera than on? I would say like off camera, like when I'm working like now on a boat, like just awful. Like you really, as a chief stew, like my skin has got so thick over the years. Oh. And like I just have such a, yeah, like such a I just switch off I'm just like cool do you and I'll see you later like because you the one that's like dealing with them the most and it always comes down to the guest not liking the food and you being the messenger to bring it back you almost get a pan thrown at you and you're like okay like just do what you need to do like well yeah I mean someone's question was essentially it's seeming like the relationship between the chief stew and the chef is kind of the the most important in many ways would you agree with that 100% agree with that like other than the captain driving the boat the chief steward and the chef are like vital like in terms of getting along and having like a good work dynamic because they're hand in hand like providing the the experience for the guests Alexis David said did your sister ever mention any red flags with Tom as a chef since she had worked with him on a boat before <laughs> honestly that is such a funny question because my sister obviously watches the episodes and she's like oh my gosh I mean- <laughs> that side to Tom she's like I must have been like not in the galley or something because she's like I've never seen the side to Tom and I was like oh okay well yeah thanks for the the heads up like that you didn't even know that that's hysterical but, but I will also just say just to add on I know it's not part of the question but yeah. with regards to Tom like I think you know watching back now and seeing like how I dealt with him like in terms of feeling like I was walking on eggshells and not wanting to be in the galley that's like not very true to like who I am in terms of like the work sense I'm again like I said I'm a confrontational person and I can like you know I call my chef out that I work with now like on the daily and it it gets ugly but um I was just like I was very like stuck between a rock and a hard place with my friendship with Malia and then like trying to keep Tom happy because of that so I think that, I, like I've said it before, it was one of the most challenging things for me on this boat. And it seems so insignificant, but um, it was definitely, it was definitely a challenge, like trying to, you know, keep him happy and not get into a big thing with him. Because if I got into a big thing with him, I'd get into a big thing with Malia being the bosun. And it, it, it just kind of, you know, I had to play it smart. Well, and Malia was also in the galley all the time because of Tom so I'm sure that's a different dynamic than a typical situation never happens and like you know if in retrospect I I probably should have said something and been like okay like you know but I get it at the same time you know I had to like put my myself in her shoes and understand that he he didn't really want to be there and he kind of done us a favor and she was just trying to help him get through it so I just kind of let it be um, so like, I don't think a lot of people understand like that in terms of how deep it really goes, <laughs> like with him, you know, not really wanting to be there, but trying to like fulfill this race this season for us and just trying to keep him happy. One of the most important questions of all, did Aisha touch Rob's butt? Yes. <laughs> she touched the butt? <laughs> 
I think I think she touched it. I don't think she knew she touched it. <laughs> I mean, to me, it seems like she there, he was wearing a backpack and yeah, she slid her hand it down. Just kind of like, went to the butt. For sure, that's all. That's all that happened. Like I think she touched it, but like <laughs> she mean to touch it. Probably. I could amend the question by saying, did she intentionally touch Rob's butt? She didn't intentionally touch his butt. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Hilarious. Season five ends. We're in the real world now. You go home. Claire Mulgrew said, overall thoughts on the crew behavior this year. It seemed kind of all over the place. Did that chaos feed into the rest of the cast, specifically the turnover in uh, crew? Yeah, I definitely think so. This is this was a messy season in terms of like crew turnover. Uh, and I think it was for like a lot of different factors, you know, I don't think, you know, it all stemmed from one. There was just a lot going on, a lot of different personalities. Um, and yeah, I think it definitely affected the crew, but we came out pretty strong in the end. And I'm excited for everyone to kind of see the the finale and whatnot, to kind of see how like it all like ends with everyone. But um, yeah, I think it did definitely play into the crew, the, the chaos of it all. Yeah, actually someone was laughing and said, how ironic is it that Jess was the only original <laughs> stew? <laughs> Yeah, I, I burst out laughing at that. And when I walked it back, I was like, geez, that looks a bit mean. But I was like, Jess, out of everybody. Yeah, last- no, it's funny. <laughs> would you consider another season? I would, yeah. I would consider another one. Okay, random questions. Someone wanted to know, where does everyone get the costume pieces for the various themed parties? Well, the Chiefs do um, will shop for them pretty much. And like, we get enough notice ahead of time, like, you know, even if it's a couple of days to head out to the local little stores around or, or from a provisioner. Oh, of course. The most ridiculous charter you've ever been a part of. I just watched the Naked Charter and I have to think that's up there, but um, there might be another one. No, no, I think that tops it. I tell everybody that definitely tops it. I've never had naked people on a boat like that, like shooting their own, like, they were like shooting their own little Thing, the naked news the naked news yes asked me to be a part of it and that was probably one of the most awkward situations i've ever been in on a boat and then i was being filmed doing that so yeah most ridiculous uh hannah weinstock said how do you stay so upbeat and positive it's so admirable that she never loses her cool even when tensions are high thank you that's actually a nice compliment yeah. like i it's hard like I say this as well what people don't see is you know that five minutes where I go shut myself in the bathroom scream cry (laughs) like that's 100% a real thing um you know but I I feel like the more upbeat and positive the like easier it is to just kind of get through it because partners are brutal they're brutal they look like a lot of fun and it looks like all like fabulous when you get the tip at the end but it's super brutal. And when you're dealing with so many different personalities and dynamics and drama, if you just kind of like keep that upbeat personality, it, it uh, just kind of lightens the load on yourself. It makes me happy to watch you because you're just like, everything sucks, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. I love this question because I need to know. Samantha Mayhew, where do you buy all of your fabulous hair clips from? My hair clips. <laughs> I just love that because it's such a such a funny thing. I mean, you've got them in right now, so. <laughs> I mean, I've toned it. I've toned it down a lot. Like I didn't realize watching back. Like, no, don't you dare tone it down. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I've toned it just down for right now. Just to today. Just for the interview. 
<laughs> I actually just, I shop for them everywhere. Kind of any little boutique I kind of go into, they catch my eye. They're in my shopping bag and whoops, yeah, back home with me. So I have a whole bag full of them. And then, um, yeah, you get lots of them on Etsy, little, little boutiques. I can't really say there's one particular store. I mean, Etsy has what, a hundred gajillion stores. So maybe that you can just go to Etsy and then from there. Yeah, there's ton, like tons of like small businesses that make personalized ones. Like it's really, it's really cool. Speaking of hair, you chopped yours off and right. you're platinum. Why'd you do that? Breakup, Andrew. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, break up like a, yeah. Um, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to change. Um, you know, it was just it was just that time, you know. I'm I'm actually very crazy with my hair. I've been every single color, every single whatever I can put on my my hair's my um artistic uh what do you call it? Like your outlet. My creative outlet. So I don't have any tattoos because otherwise my body would probably be covered. covered. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, two more. Casey Roth. First off, love you. Uh, what's your favorite part about yachting and your least favorite part? Favorite part about yachting is definitely seeing all the incredible places that we get to travel to. And like meeting, meeting the people. Like, you know, you, you meet some really interesting, amazing people um, with the crew and the guests. And then my least favorite part is the tiny cabins. We yeah, those look tough. I'm a very claustrophobic person, so... It, yeah, it, like on, on Below Deck season five, the first cabin I was in that I was sharing with Jess that I think Rob and Jess ended up sharing, the bunk bed I was on, like there was a shelf that came out like next to my head that you literally had to pull your entire body like down just to get out of the bed. So like if there's an emergency and you had to get up, oh, you're hitting your head. You're done. Yeah. You're completely knocked out. Well, I, then, and then I'm thinking, how are all these couples like sleeping in those twin beds together up high with the shelves? I mean, like, I'm not one for boat romance. <laughs> oh, don't speak too soon. <laughs> this is Alex, of course. But um, yeah, it's, I don't know how people do it. I really don't. I've had somebody cuddle with me in a bunk bed, like a friend, and I'm like, okay, you need no, to get up. Like we can do this for two more minutes and then you've got to go. You got to go. Like it's too much for me. Last one, Larissa Barber. Does she want to remain in yachting long-term? Long-term, uh, probably not. Like I've just turned 30 this year. So um, I'm kind of at that phase where I'm still loving it and I'm still working on a boat because um, yeah, I love it. And I love the people that I work for and it's a, it's a part of both. So we have a lot of charters, but long-term, definitely not. I don't think it's one of these, unless you're going to be a captain, I don't think it's a job that is very fulfilling, like long-term. There's maybe like a shelf life to it. Like at a certain point you're like, okay. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know, one day maybe I'll have like a family and kids or, or something, which you just cannot have on a boat. So absolutely not. No, this was so fun. So fun. <laughs> I got so many of my burning questions answered. Let's get your, your social media anywhere people can follow you and buy your book and then order your table decor services one day, maybe? One day, yeah, one day, maybe. <laughs> the book's also one day, like one day. Far off, maybe, but that's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's just Bugsy Drake. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Bugs, you rock and... 
never change. And you've got such an upbeat personality. I love it. Let's go to South Africa together soon. 100%. It's my favorite place. You've been? Well, I was there uh, in 20, what, 15? And then I was actually there as the world was ending. Oh and gosh. yeah, I got back to the United States from Johannesburg on March 7th. Oh my gosh. And the world shut down on the 13th, so. That's crazy. You made it out. You just made it. <laughs> How's quarantine going for you? Are you still working? Yeah, I'm still on a boat. So it's been pretty good. But the only thing is, is that um, we have to have like a million COVID tests because every time we have guests come on, everybody's got to be clear. So I've had that swab up my nose like over oh. 10 times. Horrible. Your eyes water and you feel like he's up in your brain somewhere. Yeah, like, he's oh, like behind yeah. your eye. <laughs> Thanks, Bugs. Adore you. Bye, hun. Bye.